You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, Episode 5. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. Okay, I'm here with Josh, and I'm going to head straight into the questions. Uh, How long have you been working in cultural resource management? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Quick answer. Three and a half years. (laughs) All right. Uh, and, and by the way, Josh is uh, driving right now. So this is like a true shovel bum conversation here. He's like actually in the car <laughs> and driving. So, um, all right. So for work, Mike. for work. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. Um, all right. So what position do you usually have in CRM as uh, what I mean is like field tech, crew chief, whatever. And what's the highest position you've ever held? Well, um, Nominally, I've always had the same position, uh, archaeological field technician. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've also been called a, a assistant scientist. Um, now, I've acted in, in the capacity of a crew chief on some projects, but not um, officially. I just basically there was there was an opportunity for someone to uh, fulfill that role, and I went ahead and did it uh, unofficially. So, okay, but yeah, nominally just a tech man. Awesome. All right, and uh, where have you worked? Like, what states have you worked in? I've worked in Oregon, Nevada, primarily in Nevada for the first two-thirds of my career. Uh, California, Montana, North Dakota, Florida, uh, and that's it for now. Nice. So far. That's, that's quite a few different regions. That's awesome. Um, I know. It seems, it seems like there's going to be some more stuff in the East Coast coming up for me, too, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, I mean, once you, it's just like West Coast, East Coast, once you get into a certain area, I mean, you start hearing about other opportunities and stuff and just starts to pick up. I know, it's it's magic. <laughs> All right, so here's a question, and uh, take a second to think about it if you need to. Um, what is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? And I, you can broaden that out to anything you want, whether it's relationships, jobs, travel, you know, whatever's related to the fact that you're an archaeologist. Well, I've had people ask me that sort of similar question before, and I typically tend to t- tend to, to say that it's the travel, it's the the ability to see landscapes and different parts of the country that I otherwise really wouldn't go to, um, you know, as as often or as mm-hmm. you know, in with such diversity. And uh, as soon as I first started doing CRM, that 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 was really what hooked me is I get to travel and go through mountain ranges and valleys and places that I would never even knew existed unless I really got out there. And um, it's, an, it's an amazing opportunity to to see the American landscape. And, I've, and I'm every single day I wake up and I, and I give thanks for that. Awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's the traveling. Yeah, no, that, that's a fantastic answer. Um, I, I think it's probably similar for me too. Uh, it's just so many places. I mean, people always have ambitions of going places and, and doing things, but how many people actually get out there and do it? And then how many people get paid to get out there and do it? Yeah, I know. And I, you and me have talked about your, uh, your story and it's pretty amazing. And, you know, all the way east, east to west across the country, ending up back in Nevada, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it happens to a lot of us techs who really, um, you know, become, 
familiarize with different areas and, and open mm-hmm. up open up themselves for opportunities and you end up just going everywhere. It's just it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh next question, what is the biggest thing you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better? Um wow. Biggest thing I would change uh, I suppose my answer is is kind of fantasy land, but it, it would be one of the biggest things for us is is knowing when work will be and how long projects will last, and you know little details that really um, have a profound impact on our personal lives, which so many other people in different fields have the benefit of. Um, now I understand that that's there's so many factors for us being in the field, whether it be weather, whether it be the BLM or Shippo or the, the client running out of money, but in, in, a, in a perfectly uh, functioning world, it'd be nice to have more foresight of what sort of job outlook we have as individuals, whether, you know, in, in with our companies. So if, if there was mm-hmm. ever an instance in which companies could be more transparent about what they have on the table and what they offer us in terms of timetable and perhaps even pay scale and ability to grow, and but that's kind of going into a different concept. Right. Basically, if I could change anything, I would have it. Increased transparency by our companies and um, more just outright earnestness about about project scale and uh-huh. duration because there's so many things that that we change on our individual lives to adjust to that and accommodate. And many of us just become these road people, gypsies, uh-huh. who just adapt to whatever situation. And well, it, it, it's it's good and bad, but that's okay. that's the one thing. Yeah, I think um yeah, I think companies get uh, as far as information getting down to field technicians, I think companies have gotten to this point where they're used to things changing so much that they're reluctant to say anything and then it just gets exactly. into e- even when they do have the information, they're so used to not saying anything, they just kind of keep people in the dark whether that's intentional or not and they don't yeah. they don't realize how even even a little bit of information saying, "Well, this is subject to change, but this might happen." adds possibly a little bit of peace of mind to, you know, to somebody who's considering what they're doing for the next several weeks. (laughs) And I understand where they're coming from, and they they don't want to lose text. I mean, if they want to promise us all kinds of, oh, there's uh, three years of work coming up and nothing to worry (laughs) about, and then all of a sudden the project gets stripped away. Now, of course, there's a lot of factors that dictate whether whether their prediction come to fruition or not. But uh, in a perfect world, that's what I would like. I'm sure many of us would agree. Awesome. Yep. I think the last person I had on said uh, very much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, or at least similar. All right. So as far as CRM goes, um, if you're if you're planning on staying in CRM for at least the foreseeable future, what do you think your career goal is? Where do you where would you like to see yourself? Uh, let's let's again say in a perfect world, uh, where would you like to end up? Well, my answer is gonna hinge mostly off of my first answer to your first question, which was I mm-hmm. want to travel and I want to experience things. And that's, at this point in my life, I'm only a 26-year-old man, and there's, there's a lot that I want to see and experience in this country, and that's really what's most important to me. I'm not, at this point in my life, not really too concerned about increasing my income or my, or my you know, my, my monetary, uh, my economic position, but I would like to have as much experience across this landscape as I possibly can. Now, of course, that those young adult ambitions might eventually <laughs> become replaced with economic realities of family and kids and house and mortgage and 
So, it, you know, I, I'd like to uh, eventually move into more of a um, supervisor position, move into a uh, perhaps project management position, although I, I really do prefer to be in the field, so maybe a field supervisor position. Uh, you know, and I, I would I would never uh, count out the prospect of returning to school to get my master's degree. You know, somebody recently told me that if you're really if you're going to stick with CRM, the only way to do it is get to get a master's. And I I kind of kick my feet in the dirt and stare at the ground and say, yeah, 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 master's. <laughs> right. Right now, I'm floating, and I'm, that's what I'm all about. Awesome. All right. Uh, so one final question. If you could give an undergrad right now thinking about a career in CRM one piece of advice, what would that be? Well, you're going to start out in the field, so I'd recommend you uh, stay in shape, keep a good attitude, and any lofty expectations that you may have developed during undergrad, you might need to throw those away because you're going to, you're going to be in for a rude awakening if you're expecting nothing but amazing digs and amazing survey projects. You know, you're going to be in for dealing with, you know, huge environmental issues. Uh, All all of our projects deal with infrastructural Mm -hmm. development, and that's something that many people with environmental inclinations like us um, struggle with. But just to to look at at the whole thing holistically, you know, Mm -hmm. um, understand that we're we're part of something bigger. and that goes both ways, part of, you know, the development and also part of preserving history. So we, yeah, I don't know, you know, uh, embrace yourself for uh, the reality of of what it's like to conduct business in archaeology and also stay in really good shape. (laughs) That is crucial, especially out here in the desert, walking up hills at 7,000 feet. 50 air squats a day minimum. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and uh, I, for those of you that don't know, uh, Josh, um, I've worked with him before and I mean a day, a hard day and Josh is doing his exercises at the end of the day. So he's a good, good example for that. And it's like, I always say, get swole, stay swole, be swole. That's my motto. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Thanks Josh, uh, for those questions and, uh, have a safe drive. Thanks Chris. It's fun doing this with you. And I look forward to, uh, hearing the, the series as it, as it comes on the air. I follow your podcast. So looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. As a matter of fact, I'm playing one of your episodes today on my drive, so we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Outstanding. Outstanding. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes, and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.